Hey, welcome. We are so glad that you joined us today. My name is Paul, and I'm one of the pastors here at Mariner's Church. Well, we are ending up this year with 40 days of joy. You might ask the question, why? And my response is, why not? I mean, this has been such a crummy year, a, a pain. I mean, 2020 has pretty much sucked the joy out of everything. We get tired of our routines. We get tired of our days. Every day is a blur's day. And, and now we are even getting tired of each other. Um, one of the best clips I've seen, I've seen a lot of fun ones about 2020. One of the best clips I've seen so far for this year is about sheltering in place. It's this one, and it's pretty funny, and just watch and enjoy it with me. Okay, guys, you've been married over 60 years now, but uh, we've never seen a coronavirus. It looks like we're going to have to go into lockdown. What that means is you've got two choices, really. Either A, we'll lock you down together in quarantine, or B... B! I'll take B. Is that, is that all right? Can I take B? She wants B. Uh, she doesn't know what B is, but whatever B is, it's got to be better than A. Hey, the difference between happy and joy is the difference between what's going on on the outside and what's going on on the inside. Happiness really is based on what is happening. Uh, a couple years ago, a woman introduced me to her nine-year-old grandson, and I said to him, it's nice to meet you. And he said, hey, what's happening, dude? And I'm thinking, what's happening is a nine-year-old kid just called me dude. And what's happening is not making me very happy right now. Now, joy is different. Joy comes from within. Joy happens on the inside of us. It's a God thing. I believe that God gives us the greatest sense of joy. And it comes from God and knowing that his love and his plan for my life, for our life, um, is good. And that he's working it out for our good and for his good as well. And in the midst of this crazy, midst of this really stupid year, there is really honestly, if we take the time to just pause, there's really all kinds of joy around you. For instance, there is the joy in the right now, just being able to say today. Today is the day that God gave me. And I can have joy. I can have joy in the fact that God gave me this moment in this time. We've talked about the joy of others, that God has placed other people in our lives, and yes, they can sometimes be a struggle, but actually, God has placed them in our lives for our good, and they are uniquely and creatively made for us. We've also talked about that there's joy in how God made you. God made you exactly the way you are supposed to be. There's only one person that can fulfill what God has in this world that you can do, and that's just you. And then last week, we talked about, of course, the joy of giving. Jesus said that it is more blessed to give than receive. And if you really want to experience that blessing, um, Home Depot has all kinds of things that um, I'd like to receive, and you would then get the blessing. Hey, but today we're going to get all Christmassy and talk about the season. Now we're going to talk about really the joy that Jesus gives, the joy that we can actually find in Jesus. Jesus said this, great statement. He said, I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will be made full. What that tells me is that my fullness of joy comes when I'm connected to Jesus in a very significant and substantial way. Fullness of joy comes from Jesus. 
Now, to get us into the Christmas mood, we're going to take a little Christmas quiz about the birth of Jesus. It's multiple choice. Um, it's not too difficult. I think you'll get it. But let's look, go for the first question. Question number one. Jesus was born, A, in a manger in Bethlehem, B, in a palace in Jerusalem, C, in the Ritz-Carlton in Half Moon Bay, or D, in a motel in Bakersfield? Of course, the answer is A. How about the second one? The wise men brought A, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, B, gold, frankincense, and a video game, C, gold, personalized socks, and an iPhone, or D, Baby Yoda. How'd you do on that one? Answer, of course, is A. Next one, number three. The wicked person who tried to kill the babies in Bethlehem was A, Herod the Great, B, Herod the Pretty Good, C, Herod the Loser, or D, Hans Gruber, the villain in Die Hard, which is the greatest Christmas film ever. Now, although D has a lot of truth to it, the answer, of course, is what? Of course, it's, it's A. Okay, enough nonsense. Um, I do have one more part of the quiz, and this one's a fill-in-the-blank. And it says this. Jesus is what to me? Now, that's for you to fill in in your mind. Um, and the way you answer it will really tell you how much joy you can have. The way you fill in that question will tell you the, the amount of joy that's in your life. Remember, Jesus said this, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will be made full. This past fall, uh, I was fly fishing in Montana, which just sounds cool, doesn't it? Fly fishing, fly fishing in Montana. And, and we were sitting around the table after dinner, um, me and the, the guys that were there also doing the fishing, and we were, we were comparing fish and just talking about this and that. And a guy asked me what I did for a living, and I told him that I was a pastor, and he said, well, you don't look like a pastor. And I said, well, yeah, I left my, my pastor look back home. And he said, what kind of church do you have? And I, and I said to him, I said, um, one that's really tired of religion and all the rules that go with it and wants to have a living relationship with the living God through Jesus Christ. And Jesus deals with that and answers some really big questions about life for our lives. Like, for instance, these two questions. How can I get a grip on my life? I mean, my past, my present, and my future. How can I get that grip on my life that I need in order to manage it right? And then the second question is, does God really care about me? And Christmas, that is the real part of it, Jesus coming, answers both those questions for us. When the angels showed up to the shepherds, this is what they said. It says, don't be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy, there's that word again, great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's Christ the Lord. Now, see that word Savior? What's a Savior? Well, it's not hard, a Savior is somebody who what? 
who saves. I, I was driving and listening to some guy on the radio. Remember radios? Oh, way back once upon a time. I was listening to a guy on the radio, and, and, and um, he said that there really is no such thing as wrongdoing, no such thing as what we would call in church circles as sin. There's really no such thing as sin. It's just a matter of different opinions on certain things, like right and wrong. And then he said this, and since there's really no such thing as sin, we don't need saving. And since we don't need saving, there's really no need for a what? There's no need for a savior. And I, and I thought, whoa. And then I said, whoa, because right then a car cut me off, almost hit me, and what went through my mind was definitely sin. This shelter-in-place has really brought out, I think, the best in some of us, but honestly, it can also bring out the worst in some of us. Uh, sometimes when I meet with people, um, they tend to share um, not always the best part of their lives. People, when they talk to me, they share the real part of their lives, the part of their lives that they don't talk about very much to others the heart of their lives. And in the back of their minds, as they're talking with me, as the back of their minds as they're sharing with me, there's a question that they're pondering. And the question is this. With all that I've done, with all that I am, what does God really think of me? I mean, what does God honestly really think of someone like me? He must really not like me very much because of what I've done. Or if he does like me, he must barely tolerate me. You know, just kind of put up with me. I mean, ask yourself that question. How would you answer that? You know, what does God think of me? Right now, where you are, what does God, or what do you think God thinks of you? And when I think of that, man, those kinds of questions, I think, well, I think I need saving. Most people will come in their minds with a thought that God is somehow mad at us. You know, this COVID thing, gosh, how many times have I heard, is this the judgment of God, you know, on us? Is God honestly really mad at us? And sometimes, because of that, we try and avoid, at least I do, I try and avoid painful things and painful subjects. And so sometimes we try and say, well, if God is mad at me, I'd rather just simply avoid the whole discussion, the whole issue, and stay away from that. And, and Christmas is God saying, I'm not mad at you. In fact, I'm going to lovingly pursue you, <laughs> chase you down in a good way. This is what the Bible says. For God did not send his son to the world that he may judge the world, but that the world may be, here's that word, may be saved through him. Well, how's the world saved through this? I mean, through Jesus. Okay, he was born. I get that. He grew up. I get that. How does this all work? I mean, how does it all work itself out? Or maybe... You're going to be talking to your family about this. What could you share with them when they talk about Jesus and, and what he was all about? Christians for 2,000 years believe that the baby born in Bethlehem was and is God. I mean, that's the astounding thing about Christmas. The creator of the universe in the, in the form of Jesus, God entered 
into this world. He entered his creation. That's Christmas. I mean, that's what Christmas is, period. That's Christmas right there. God entered into this world. That that baby born in that manger was God. When I was still using my office before I started working at home, I have a window in my office, and my windows actually, they look out over some open space, over some bushes and trees, and it's a, it's a nice view. Um, and it's pretty awesome. Uh, and there, are a certain time, there is a certain time of year when there's lots of birds that hang around. And there is one, or there actually was one particular bird, who couldn't get it into his head that the thing he kept crashing into was my window. Bam, every day. Bam, you know, flutter, 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 bam, you know, flutter, flutter. He land on the windowsill, he'd just kind of shake his head, you know, like, okay, what just happened there? And then he'd fly off to a branch, and he'd come back, and he'd smack into the window again. And I felt bad for this little bird, and so I started, you know, yelling at it, you know, through the window, you know, kind of trying to get it to go away. But it, it couldn't see me, and it would flutter, flutter, and, you know, smack its head a few more times. And I'm thinking, man, you got to stop this or you're going to die or something like this. And, and every day for about 15 minutes, he'd come back and see if things had changed. And, of course, they hadn't. No matter what I said, it, it didn't work. And I said, well, you know, what can I do, you know? I mean, I, I guess I could draw a picture of a bird with a red line through it, you know, that would mean, you know, no birds here, no smashing into windows and tape it to the window. But I don't think that would help. I could, I could draw, you know, a dead bird lying there with little X's over its eyes, you know, and write, this is what's going to happen to you if you keep this thing up. I'm not sure that would help either. I think the only way I could ever connect with that bird would be if somehow I could become a bird and somehow connect with that bird and show him that there's a better way. And that's what God did. God became a person. And that's why you, you may have heard the term, Jesus is God's son or God the son. Jesus became a person like you and me to show us how to live. And it is cool what Jesus taught, but there's more to it. There's the saving part. Because of all that stupid stuff and wrong stuff that I've done, it, it has to be dealt with. Something has to be done to deal with the bad in me. Something has to root it out, get, get rid of it. You know, I, I do wrong. Something has to, I guess I say someone has to pay for it. Um, someone has to pay for the bad in me and the bad in you. And God loved you and me so much that Jesus didn't just come to teach. He came to give himself for us, to be punished, to take the punishment that we deserved on himself. This is what Jesus said. I, that would be Jesus, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. But that's a big word, isn't it? A ransom? That means basically I'm going to give up my life. Take me instead of you. It's a switch that's going on there. And a ransom, it's someone or something for someone else. And what it means is, what Jesus is saying is, is 
Jesus said, I'll do it for you. Someone gets punished. Either we can, but that causes me all kinds of fear and all kinds of anxiety that I have to face God and get punished for my sin. And I don't like that. There's no joy in that, knowing that I have to now give an account to God for every wrong thing I've ever done. There's no joy there. But what if I can offload it to somebody else? What if I can just give it to somebody else? Well, that person would have to want to take it, and Jesus did. And that person is going to have to really love me enough to be willing, and Jesus does. The Bible says this, God demonstrates his own love for, you, for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, while I was an idiot, Jesus died for me. And, and that's why the angels, you know, this big pronouncement, you know, ta-da, everything opened up and the skies opened up. It says this, don't be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Well, what's the good news? Not just a baby was born, but today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's Christ, the Lord. Savior was born. And this is what gives me joy. The Bible says this, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And that kind of just leads us to the second question. Does God care about me? Does he? Well, after all of that, I think he does. The Bible says this, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? God is for us. Who can ever be against us? You've got God on your side. Hey, there are Christmas songs that, that play around. You probably have your Christmas playlist. Um, I've got several of them, believe it or not. I've got the Mike, the, 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 the Buble one, and I've got the Mariah Carey one. It's got some Bieber on it. It's got all kinds of stuff, the Nat King Cole one. Um, I also have one that's a little bit more old-fashioned. It's got a little bit more of the older Christmas songs. And one of the phrases in one of the songs talks about a weary world rejoices. And I, you know, I, I just think, boy, if that doesn't describe us right now, we're a weary world. We're weary people. Give me something to have joy over, to rejoice over. Here's one. A Savior was born to us. Savior being born. God being for us. Hey, remember, remember these people? Um, remember uh, those people? The older couple? She wants B. She doesn't know what B is. She just knows that B is better than A. <laughs> it's got to be better than A, whatever, whatever B is. I want B. And, and it's kind of like this. Without, without God, we're living in A. We're living in A. You know, we have A, and that's it. And we're in a weary world. 
and we don't have the joy and the fullness of joy. Really cool thing that Jesus says is this, and it's kind of Jesus talking about your life and about your life becoming open to Jesus and, and, and kind of allowing him to, what I would say, come into your life. And it's like Jesus is knocking on your life. He says this, here I am, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. That's for you and for me. That's B. That's B. And when I opened my life, I was so tired of A. I was so tired of A that when I had that opportunity for B, for Jesus, I said, I want B. I want Jesus. It changed my life. I've never been the same since. An internal joy that I hard to explain, a sense of hope, sense of purpose, a point in life, strength. There's a cool story from someone in our church family. Um, she put this together when uh, it's a great story. It's her story right here. Hey, remember this statement? Jesus is what to me? What did you write down? What did you write down? Good teacher? Historical figure? Or who he said he was? Savior. Your Savior. And if you want B, it's simple. And God made it simple. Just open your heart, your life, and Jesus will come in. And like to, like, I would like to invite Whoever's watching this right now, no matter where you are, no matter who you are, no matter your age, to take a moment, bow your head, if you would. Because I would like to give you an opportunity to, to maybe just talk to God, and maybe it's been a long time since you've prayed, spoken to Him. Maybe you just need to open your life up to the possibility of God, the possibility of who Jesus is. Maybe your words that you'd like to say to God, I could express them this way. Dear God, thank you for sending your son Jesus so that I could get to know you, and thank you for loving me. Thank you for being with me all my life, even when I didn't know it. I realize I need a Savior to set me free from myself and from sin and from all the hurts and the habits, all the hang-ups that mess up my life, and I, and I ask you to forgive me for those things. Be the Lord of my life. Save me by your grace, please. Thank you for creating me and choosing me to be part of your family. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.